Cannabis Minority Report, powered by the National Cannabis Industry Association, also known as the NCIA. Again, my name is Khadija Adams. I am your host. Um, I'm also the founder of Girl Get That Money, which is a business empowerment coaching firm, um, and also the founder of the Green Street Academy, where we teach you the basics of investing in cannabis stocks. Now, the goal of our show is to highlight minority entrepreneurs in the space and share weekly updates and weekly news about what they're doing in and for the industry as a whole. So we like to interview minority entrepreneurs, minority-owned companies, companies that support social equity, social equity applicants, as well as a host of other cannabis industry leaders and pioneers. So joining me today is my very special guest. Her name is Carmen Toll, and she's with Canacola Group. Um, and when we return from our commercial break, we're going to catch you up on the latest news about minorities in the space, and we're going to learn more about Carmen's journey into the cannabis industry. So if you're on Facebook right now, now is a great time to hit the share button, or better yet, mention us in your timeline and tag some of your friends so that they can watch along with you. We'll be back right after these messages. Uh, it is the budding dispensary of knowledge. We want to be more uh, than just the PubMed of cannabis, the Google Scholar of cannabis. We want to be a continuing education platform that is easily accessible. We see this as being able to leave a legacy for the entire industry and really elevate this plant to where it deserves to be. Staying alive is no job at second hand. Moms bounced on old men. All right, you guys. So here it is for the news. And I am super excited to share this news with you. You are now looking at a number one international best-selling author um, with Courage and Cannabis. Courage and Cannabis is a collection of 18 diverse authors, including me, haha, um, where we share our individual stories about cannabis, right? Um, so we made Amazon's number one international bestsellers list. Um, the Courage in Cannabis is authored actually by cannabis and medical physician and Amazon bestselling author, Dr. Bridget Williams, MD out of Ohio. So she actually brought us all together um, and we all told our stories individually. And so it is an anthology of different authors grouped into this one book. And so we got the word that we made number one international bestseller. So hats off to Dr. Bridget Williams and all of the other authors as well. So to get your copy, and if you want a signed copy from me, we're gonna drop a link for you in the chat. So I'm gonna send this link over to um, my producer, like literally right now, so that he can actually drop it um, in the, the, the comments for you guys. So Vince, if you're listening to me, I just put it in into the little um, chat form. Um, so that way you can share it with everybody. So don't forget to get your copy. Um, if you wanna get it from Amazon, you can get it from Amazon, but guess what? There is just something about getting an autographed copy of a book. So if you like your personally autographed book from me, um, Khadija Adams, I am happy to do so. So click on that link that Vince is going to share with you in the comments. Next, you guys, um, I wanted to share something with y'all about um, this platform that I've known about for quite some time, um, but wanted to share with you guys. If you're out there raising capital, right? If you're out there raising capital, 
Um, there is a site that's called MainVest, M-A-I-N-V-E-S-T.com. I want you guys to check into that, especially when you're thinking about getting your community involved um, and allowing your community to invest in you. Um, you know, many investors on that platform in some of these different opportunities, they can invest as little as a hundred bucks, you guys, in some of these cannabis opportunities. And so I want you to go to MainVest and check it out. Um, I do know that there's going to be some really exciting um, offers and uh, companies that you're going to see on MainVest. Um, one of the main reasons why uh, many people in the cannabis space are actually looking for crowdfunding is primarily because it is so hard to raise capital in the space. Not only that, you know, having a crowdfunding um, platform allows your community to support you. Think about that. You're going to be in a community that may not even be able to invest in some of these opportunities. Crowdfunding allows them to invest. It allows them to, to show that they support you and support what you're doing in the community. And so, listen, my hat's off to every one of the companies that's on MainVest. Um, I'm waiting personally for Calixium to be on um, MainVest because I'm definitely going to get involved there. And then um, I think there's another one that's coming to MainVest and it's going to call it be called Good Time Hemp. Um, so Martel Matthews. So I'm going to be looking for, for that too on MainVest, but make sure you go to MainVest, you guys. If you're talking about investing, maybe you don't know that much about investing. Maybe you're just learning, but you want to support. I want you to go through these companies like a fine tooth, with a fine tooth comb. Make sure you um, make sure that they're a real company, which I love MainVest for that because they vet these companies, okay? Not only that, you want to see who their team is, right? Is their team qualified to be on there? Have they raised capital before? Are, do they execute, right? Are they able to execute once the funds are raised? But guess what? This is an opportunity for Black and Brown people all over the United States to literally go to mainvest.com, look at these companies and determine which one is right for you. Find one in your city and state, or better yet, in your state, right? That you can actually support and be a part of if you're talking about deploying capital. Next, we have minority ownership um, is literally on the rise in the state of Illinois, but there have been some delays on the startups. Um, and, and, and for some reason, a lot of people believe that the startups are going to have to sell out. Okay, so the Illinois cannabis industry is transforming to the point where half of the new licenses are owned by minorities. Well, hey, that's a that's a plus, right? But the critics say that many of those newcomers may never even open. At least half of the 118 new licenses issued for craft growers, infusers, and transporters have gone to companies minority owned by non-white applicants. In contrast to the previous all-white ownership, said um, Danielle Carey, the state's Cannabis Regulation Oversight Officer, she basically said that 43% of the Department of Agriculture licenses are Black-owned, 10% by Latinos, 9% by coalitions of people of color, and 4% by Asians. But she also went on to say that this process has changed the face of what the industry looks like in Illinois. Well, if that's the case, and, and, and mind you, it does, hats off, right? 
but why are they going to have to sell, right? And it's all about that, what, raising capital, right? So the number um, may sound good, applicants say, but with 185 cannabis dispensary license held up for more than a year, and now in a court fight, more minorities are going to run out of money, yep, and have to sell their licenses. That's a true statement. So you guys need to kind of get, you know, do, do something different, right? Help them raise capital. We need investors to come to the table to help these um, um, people raise capital in Illinois. Now, even though that the licenses are pretty much owned by, quote unquote, the majority of minorities, they don't do any good if they got to sell them, right? They're looking to create generational wealth, not just make a quick dime. All right, so y'all need to get that straight, Illinois. And then next we have... Uma Flowers, they actually announced their grand opening of Pepper, is, is it called Pepper Rail's first adult use cannabis dispensary. So Uma Flowers is a minority owned cannabis company led by a woman, um, actually announced um, the grand opening of the first adult cannabis dispensary on December the 8th. So hats off to her, okay? And then here's something, you guys, what I really love is the fact that a, it's woman-owned. It's the first adult use in Massachusetts, Pepper Road, Massachusetts. But more importantly, you guys, I love the fact that um, the compliance means something to her. I love the fact that the patients and the customers mean something to her. I also love the fact that there is a secure check-in and there's also a very large retail showroom. So before you buy anything, go there, check it out, check her out and then give her some, you know, heads up, right? Anyways, Mount Vernon um, is looking to cash in on the medical marijuana um, while helping minority business owners. So the cannabis cultivation could soon be coming to Mount Vernon, but it depends on Governor Kathy, um, um, I think she pronounces her name, Hoshel. Um, she releases licenses of medical marijuana, um, national legalization of marijuana, studies show could bring billions of dollars um, to the United States economy. And so Mount Vernon Mayor Sean Patterson Howard wants in on it. Okay, smart person, I should say. You should want in on it. Um, here's another thing. They're also saying that, you know, there's going to be health benefits for Black and Brown people and residents. But I'd like to hear her say that there's going to be licenses given to Black and Brown people. How about that? Um, but anyway, that's another story. What about the Black cannabis entrepreneurs that say that stage $30 million fee um, waiver fund may not be enough, okay? So Tucky, also known as Alfonso Blunt, owner of a marijuana product store in Oakland called Blunt and, and More, says his business is located in the zip code, in the same zip code where he was arrested for selling weed illegally in 2004. Now that he is a legit business owner, he opened up his store a little over three years ago, but Blunt said it is nearly impossible for Black and other minority-owned companies and startups like his to make a profit in, in California. So he wants to know, where's the trade-off? He's been in business for a few years now, and he's still in the red. Why is that happening, right? Oakland is in the top four um, anywhere in the country, said Blunt. He also says that, you know, we also pay the most for armed guards. It costs anywhere from $25 to $30 an hour, 
right? And the city requires them to have it. Is it crazy? Unlike Berkeley though. Okay, wait, let's stop. Berkeley is not required, but they're required. But the police um, response is faster in Berkeley than it is over there. So there's, uh, something's going on over there. Okay, so California, y'all need to get it right. Oakland, y'all need to get it right. Because this is crazy. This is absolutely insane. Apples and oranges, apples and oranges. Get it right. And then lastly, New York Tribe launches recreational cannabis industry. I love to hear when indigenous folks come into the cannabis industry, rightfully so, right? Um, so the St. Regis Mohawk Tribe that's based in upstate New York near the Canadian border began rolling out its own tribal um, recreational cannabis. Super excited about that. Um, they have award-winning, uh, they have three, I'm sorry, three um, cultivations that they actually want. So three cultivation permits. And so the move puts the tribe on the path to be the first adult use marijuana retailer in the state, according to Watertown New York TV station. So the three licenses were issued to True Bloom, okay, which is owned by Vance Thompson, um, Bankside Flowering Company, which is owned by Noah Mitchell, and then um, First Americans, which is owned by Rick Hamlin. So the companies were allowed to apply for tribal licenses after they each agreed to abide by the tribe's regulations, um, which were adopted um, in June. And then finally, you guys, Dominique Ware or Bubba or um, Domo, unfortunately, you know, we have sad news. He was actually shot and killed in a dispensary in South Los Angeles. So the people closest to Dominique Ware said that he was a shining light in his community. He loved working. He loved mentoring kids. He was a coach and a teacher to many in the community. Um, to his mother, um, Leticia Ware, and other family members, friends, and entire community, we send our love to you and respect to you while you're dealing with such a um, significant loss. Dominique will never, ever be forgotten. Um, you guys, you can go to GoFundMe. Um, they set up a page for Domo. Um, the, the family is actually raising $20,000 in their GoFundMe to cover his funeral expenses. Um, but definitely go to GoFundMe and look up Dominique's um, funeral expenses. Now, when we return, we're going to learn more about Carmen Toll and Canicola, right? And her journey into cannabis. And guess what? In the meantime, if you are watching us on Facebook and you like what you're hearing, then we want you to share, share, share and get some of your friends, tag your friends, put it in your timeline because we'll be back right after these messages. very proud to be NCIA members. Uh, we've been members for the last three years and I gotta say every event, every conference, every uh, you know get together that's sponsored by NCIA is a good opportunity not just to meet uh, you know others in the industry obviously uh, but really to talk about the industry as a whole, where it's going, where it's been, our challenges to date. We feel really grateful to NCIA for including us in the educational tracks the last three years. We've been at every seed to sale and most of the shows in, on the West Coast. Every time we're here, I always have a sense that it's not just another one of these industry conferences, that it's actually, um, that it is the industry's lobbying arm and that it's an organization that is protecting all of us and 
fighting for the legal future that we all need. At the end of the day, the most important and impactful thing for us is the community. It's really about the people, the people that NCIA brings together and, and the events like this one that NCIA organizes for, for us to gather. If you're in this industry, NCIA is trying to influence it positively for you. If you're not speaking up, if you're not participating in committees, you're missing out on a huge window. You know, everyone wants change. Well, this is one of the ways you, you do it. You don't have to be a member of the NCIA. You could just do nothing and let them do everything for you and fix all the problems that need to be fixed for the industry to work properly. And you could just sit on the sidelines. That would be fine, but be better if you were a member. We are back and, um, you know, we have a little bit of side chatter after the fact. I mean, you know, I want to bring up um, Carmen Toll. She is an amazing woman. I'll tell you a little bit about her. I actually pulled this information off of her website, so I hope I got it right. Um, Carmen's previous experience as a project manager with BHM exposed her to large corporate thinking, owning the first female box manufacturing business in Australia, opened her eyes to the struggle of small business and how to win from that position. Being born in apartheid South Africa and watching her, um, her colored parents struggle honed her empathy and belief for social equity. Carmen, welcome to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast. How are you? Thanks so much for having me, Khadija. Thanks for having me on your show. And firstly, congratulations on your book. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Really excited about that. You talked about nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> so Carmen, tell us, tell us, um, first off, I mean, uh, we had a little bit of side chatter before we dive into you. We had a little bit of side chatter about, you know, Berkeley and, uh, and Oakland and how, you know, I think, I think this gentleman is right. I mean, why is it why are we required in Oakland or why are they required in Oakland to pay $25, $30, whatever it is, to um, a guard for protection when in Berkeley, right, in the suburbs, yeah. they're not allowed? Shouldn't we have an even plan? Like, if, if this is the case, then everybody should be required, right? It should be uniform. Absolutely. I agree with you on that one. And, you know, um, the challenges that we have in Michigan ourselves is with the micro license. Um, you can apply for your micro license, you can be uh, awarded that, um, but if you don't have the property, you can't actually get into business. And that seems, if you've got seven figures lying around that you could buy in the green zone, that's a really good deal and you should probably do that. But for a lot of the um, social equity applicants and a lot of the um, small business operators, it's very difficult to get hold of that kind of money to get into the market to be a cannabis business. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's kind of one of the reasons why we started doing what we were doing. Yeah, and with yeah. that said, tell us more about you and about your journey into cannabis. Well, Khadija, uh, cannabis was never on my radar, to tell you the truth. I, um, I've been in real estate for numerous years, and um, I had we've got offices in Australia, South Africa, and in the U.S. And I'd come off a flight, and I, had, uh, I, I got a blood clot. And it was so painful. I couldn't move. I couldn't walk. And I met someone who said, have you tried cannabis? And I said, cannabis? Well, 
pardon me in pain. And he said, no, no, he goes, look, I've got this tincture, try this tincture, I think it's going to work for you. Uh, his name was Wacky Randy and he was a caregiver. And I thought, well, with a name like that, I don't know how this is going to go, but it absolutely worked. It worked so well that I was back on my feet. I joined the gym and I was exercising. And so I went to him and I was so appreciative and I go, look, what can I do? How can I help? Do you want me to help you with marketing? Because that's what I thought he'd say. And he mm -hmm. said, look, there's so many people that want to get into this micro license space. You're in real estate. Why don't you try and help me? Because I want to be a micro licensee, but I can't afford the real estate. And so I, I said, okay, that's interesting. Um, let me have a look at it. And I did 18 months of research in the space to see what is an effective way and how I could help him. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the backstory into why cannabis became a, an option. Wow. Yeah. So I, I take it at the time you were in traditional corporate environment. Did you have any yes. concerns entering into the cannabis industry? And if so, why? Well, um, my parents are very religious and in Australia, it's not legal. So for them, you know, I was hesitant because I wasn't sure. I didn't realize uh, the emerging market that it was or any of the health benefits that went with it. So I was really, yeah, I was just green in that area. <laughs> no pun wow. intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. See, I'm from the Bible Belt, so you can imagine yeah. the things that I had to like, and I'm still going through right now. So I get that part. So tell us about social equity. Um, what does that mean to you? And, and tell us more about your company and, and, and really, you know, you told us the why, but, but why your company and how does social equity play a part in that? Okay. Um, I, well, I, as you know, I was born in apartheid South Africa. So my mom was very fair and my dad was colored. And uh, we lived in, in a legalized racist system. So when I was growing up, to give you an example, um, my mom and my brother were white and they could walk into any store, but the white stores, I would have to stay outside. And my mom would say to me, well, you're responsible for the puppies. So that's where my responsibility kicked in because I always thought, oh, okay, my mom leaves me out here, not telling me what was going on with, you know, the broader society. She was leaving me out here to look after the, um, the puppies. Mm. And so, yeah, and it was, and that happened, that was normal, you know, I would walk um, through the park at um, just a normal park in the area, but if it was a white only pathway, I couldn't walk on it. So my mom wow. would say, and I was, I was, I was three years old. I was four years old. Sorry, I was four wait years old minute. at this time. Wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> wait, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. You're not that old. And so- and you're saying that you were three at the time. And this stuff is still going on right now? Oh, absolutely. It was legal. Up until 1994, apartheid was still legal. So in South Africa, my, um, my and my mom, you know, I, I look back and I think, wow, she, she uh, kept so much from us. But even walking down that pathway, I would be on the black and colored path. And my mom would make it a race. So it became a competition. Who could get past the path the fastest and she would never tell me that I was different and that's why I had to walk on the path so oh it's just and it, it extends wow. to yeah even taps you know there'd be taps in the park that were white only taps and I would not be allowed to drink from the white only taps yeah okay so. right. because see that's about to send me into a whole different direction so <laughs> let me let me kind of bring it back into this and hone in on 
Canicola. So tell us about your company. Tell us about um, what you do in the cannabis industry. Sure. So, so the Kana Koala Group, um, Koala because, you know, my accent, I'm from Australia as well. Um, so what we do is we help micro licensees with their own property. We're building, say, a co-op, so a collective where we have five or six businesses under one roofline and we have a uh, consumption lounge as well. But instead of micro licensees having to purchase their properties and outlay all of that capital, because we are still talking 150 plants from seed to sale, we uh, will build the property and then they would lease that space directly from us. Okay, so I want to make sure I understand. So let's say I have five different social equity applicants who um, qualify may um, you know, be looking to get their license. Are they your customers? Are they the people that you're targeting? Or what kind of companies are you tar you're targeting uh, to work with you? Uh, I'm targeting social equity. The majority of the, the tenants I'm looking for are social equity. Because, and, and sorry, that's the one thing I didn't answer a lot, um, in your, with your question before. Social mm -hmm. equity for me doesn't mean a handout. It means an opportunity to show how good I can be. And that's all I want is when I look around at Michigan and I look at cannabis, we're mm -hmm. not represented. You're talking 4% for Black, Latino and um, uh, female businesses. That's, a not, not, that's not enough representation. When you look at we're doing probably 1.5 billion, uh, billion in sales at the end of this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. so that representation is not there. And what I think is by offering this opportunity where you can rent a space mm -hmm. and you don't have to outlay for capital, that's going to give you a shot, a, a better shot at A, getting into the industry, getting your foot in the door and becoming successful. Wow. So I love that because um, I'm actually working with a group um, in Michigan and, um, and so they actually do a lot of work in social equity um, and with social equity applicants, I'd love to make sure that I connect you with Rebecca and with Latoya of Calixium um, after, after this call, make sure that we connect you um, because I think that there, there will be some synergy in you guys having a conversation. Now, let me ask you this question. As a woman of color, um, what are some of the obstacles that you face so far in this industry? Uh, in a lot of industries, actually. Um, it's always about having to prove yourself. Mm. So that's, that's a really big thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've had, I've had meetings where I've been in a, a meeting and I'll say, oh, you know, I've been in property doing this, this and this, and there's no credibility put around it. So I almost have to prefix it with, I've been in, I've been in property for 25 years. And it's like, oh, okay, she might have some runs on the board and she might have the experience, which is good. So that's always at the forefront. Um, and I think, you know, it's also, we, we don't take enough chances. Mm. And it's always, I think we're, as females, we want to make sure that when we step into the arena, maybe that we've got all of our bases covered. You don't see guys doing that. They've got maybe 50% of the bases covered and they're going to hit for the rest. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> you know, and, and as females, I think we need to take that risk and back ourselves enough to say, hey, okay, I'm, I'm going to fly the plane as I build the plane and that's going to be okay. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. that. That's starting when you're not ready because uh, as women we tend to be more perfectionists and yes. we want to wait until we get 
the yeah. A and the Z and the this and that before yes. we before we go. And, and as an entrepreneur, we have to be willing to take that leap, jump off that cliff, and understand yes. that the wings will come. You know, um, as you as you soar, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So I love that. What kind of advice? Carmen, would you give to other women of color in this industry and in any other industry that's that's seeking to enter the cannabis industry, though, specifically? Uh, it's the um, the rejections to not take it personally, because you're going to get no so many times. And, and if you fall over at the first no, you know, you're, you're never going to win. So I can't, the number of rejections that I get, even when I'm going looking for capital, and I think that's okay. This is just not the opportunity for them. I'll find somebody who fits. And there yeah. always is someone that's going to fit you like a glove. And I mean, have you had your experience, have started your way or believe in your vision enough to say, okay, everything kind of aligns for me and we're on the same page. Yeah, I love that. Oh my goodness. I just love that so much. So tell us, what are your current needs as a business in the cannabis space what is it that Canacoala is looking for right now? Uh, at the moment, we're so so we're so new. We've we're, we've secured the land, we've secured the permits, we've got all of that under um, underway. Finding the capital to build the building is something that we're working on, and that's probably where our need is. Mm -hmm. um, just for someone to see the vision of what we're doing and say, right, okay, stage one is this, stage two is that, and I want to back you to to succeed okay because i have a question real quick what okay can you share with us what let's say okay well i wouldn't say let's say i am an investor what is your minimum for an individual investor to deploy in your company or can you share that with us well funny you should say that because one of the things i really wanted to do was i i love the crowdfunding model and I like the idea of having small operators given the opportunity to invest in something that's going to, to grow. Because traditionally, you know, my family were not wealthy when we were growing up and my parents were never given access to investment opportunities, the like of, of what I saw around me. And being able to offer that so that people can go, hey, I helped build that. Hey, I got that on the map. Or, hey, that's become a multi-state. That's what I'd love to do. And I, I haven't yet done that, Kadisha. I haven't yet found the platform. I'm still working on it. But as soon as I, I've got that down pat, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, let me know. And then check out that main vest because I love that platform, you know, but there's so many people um, and so many different companies, they don't know about crowdfunding. They just know they have to raise capital, raise capital, raise capital. Well, there's other methods and other ways. And it makes sense for me um, when I'm looking at a deal and you're talking about, you know, you're leaning towards social equity and you want to do things for the community, let the community get involved too, because exactly. the community, they literally want, people want to feel a part of. Yes. They want to feel like they had something to do with it, that they had a say, that they have a membership, whether it's a membership card. What are you going to get when they invest? Are you going to get a 10% off of whenever you go and, you know, um, whatever? You know, what are the benefits for them investing in stuff? And so I think crowdfunding gives the community the opportunity and not just the community. It gives a nationwide because when you do a crowdfunding, it's opened up 
to the whole United States of America, independent on the actual platform, it might even be open up international. So you have to check your platforms, but definitely check out Mainvest. My goal is to get them on Carmen so that I can actually interview. So yeah, check out Mainvest and let me know how that goes. I will, definitely. Absolutely. So tell people, how can they contact you um, via your website, social media? Is there a phone number or email address? Uh, so uh, the website's uh, kanakawalagroup.com, but I've just started a page on Instagram called ceo.womanincannabis, and that's something that I thought, you know, as a, as a group, we can all come together and share um, how we've gotten into this industry and uh, support each other, because that's okay. definitely needed. Can you share that again? You said it's CEO, did you say dark woman? Uh, yeah, dot woman in cannabis. Okay, so D-A-R-K. Okay, yeah, send, send yeah. the link so that we can actually um, tag you in the post and Vince can tag you in the post. That's super exciting. Any last words or anything that you want to say, I'm going to open it up to you, Carmen. Feel free. Um, thank you. Thank you, Kadisha. I think one of the biggest things is, you know, in Africa, we have the saying called Ubuntu. Together, basically, we all win. And that's the whole, um, that's, sorry, that's what the company's built on, that together, we can all win. Because social equity doesn't mean that we're not, um, we're not capable. It doesn't mean we can't do it. It doesn't mean we're not superstars. It just means we need a little bit of help and a little bit of opportunity, and then we can shine. Absolutely. I love that so much. Thank you so much for being with us on the show. We want to have you back in the future so you can tell us about the progress. Definitely get back with me about the investment terms. Um, count me in. I am definitely um, looking to deploy capital, especially since you're doing a crowdfunding um, type situation. I love crowdfunding platforms. So, um, and, and I just got the word in from Rebecca Collette of Calixium that they are going to be releasing um, in, on Mainvest in January. So y'all look oh, for wow. Calixium too. And then definitely want to connect you, Carmen, with Rebecca Collette and Latoya um, Record. She, they're both phenomenal women in Detroit, Michigan, both originally from Detroit, Michigan. And I am definitely going to connect you. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Kadisha. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hang around. We'll be back in just a little bit. Hey guys, make sure you subscribe to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast via Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or any of your other favorite platforms. So if you'd like to have your products highlighted on the Cannabis Minority Report podcast, or if you would like to run your 30 second or one minute commercial during our show, make sure you inbox me at info at KhadijaAdams.com. That's info at KhadijaAdams.com. We'll be back right after these messages.
guys. So check out the NCIA's member news blog and the industry insights that includes um, the NCIA member spotlight series. And we'll also highlight some of our new members as well as some of our members who have joined us through our social equity scholarship program. And don't forget to download the NCIA's mobile app so you can keep up with the latest, greatest news in the NCIA. Um, special shout out to our DEI program sponsors, Tahoe Wellness, the law offices of Omar Figueroa. I love Omar Figueroa, by the way. And also Copper State Farms. If you would like to sponsor the Cannabis Minority Report, please feel free to contact me directly. In fact, um, Lisa um, Capatini, if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, is going to be reaching out to many of you guys um, because this is our week and our month um, starting in 2022 um, for us to actually get some sponsors for the Cannabis Minority Report podcast. Um, the mission of the DEIC or the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee is to educate, to advocate, to engage and empower the community of cannabis and its members by cultivating partnerships with other nonprofit organizations with similar goals, providing resources that create and sustain an environment that is not only inclusive and equitable, but also very diverse. We are committed to building a culture that respects our members and also celebrates their contributions as we all work together to strengthen all communities in the cannabis space. So if you'd like an autographed copy of The Courage in Cannabis, be sure um, to click on that little link in the comment that Vince um, posted um, so you can get your autographed signed copy. Until next Monday, you guys, peace, love, and hippie stuff. NCIA's Cannabis Minority Report is a product of the National Cannabis Industry Association and NCIA's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. We are hosted every week by Khadijah Adams. Our executive producers are Aaron Smith and Vince Chandler. We are directed by Vince Chandler and produced by Bethany Moore. Please, please, please find out everything you can about the growing and equitable cannabis industry at thecannabisindustry.org.